Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 477. It's do what you love, follow your heart, and when possible, help others, young or old, do the same. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jump start any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ray Schaefer. Ray, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? It has become such a good habit, I couldn't imagine going for a ride without buckling up. And yes, I'm ready to go. All right, great. Now, that's a unique answer to that question. I like it. Ray Schaefer is the manager of the Classic and Delivery Center at the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta, Georgia. This 27-and-a-half-acre complex is a reflection of Porsche's past, present, and future. The facility includes a human performance training facility, business center, meeting areas, and a driving simulator center, classic workshops, and an exclusive fine-dining restaurant. In the Heritage Center and Classic Gallery, Ray manages an environment for guests to experience the evolution of the Porsche brand with changing displays of artifacts and iconic classic vehicles from production models, classics, and motorsports collections. Ray, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about what you do. Would you share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles in the Porsche mark? Absolutely, Mark. And first of all, let me say thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's great to uh, talk with you. You're welcome. And Thank you. Yeah, so like most of your guests, I would imagine, my folks tell me that car was my first word. <laughs> my, my dad was always tinkering with the family car, and so I spent a lot of time in the garage. Nothing exotic, but just tinkering with cars. And so I would go to car shows, and living in Pittsburgh, being born and raised there, the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix was an event that sort of came up uh, in the early 1980s. And so I started going there with my pal Bob Reeves, and we would watch the vintage cars race around, and it happened to be that uh, I met Bob Aiken there one year, and oh, wow. he had such a, yeah, he's such a wonderful man, had such a positive impact in my life, which I can get into more of that, but basically, um, I was there writing for a Lotus Club, uh, trying to get sort of a backstage, get backstage pass, get closer to the cars, mm -hmm. and so I was uh, writing for a, a newsletter just so I can get up close and personal with the cars and the people. And sure enough, that's how I met Bob. And through him, had an opportunity to 
try an internship with Road and Track, but decided not to follow that because I didn't want to have to go all the way out to um, California at the time. I guess my young mind wasn't thinking fully. <laughs> yeah, baby. It was L.A., man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I could have been out where you are. Yeah. But anyway, down the road eventually, that would lead uh, many years later because I pursued the business end of it uh, at the car dealership. Many years later, I would have the opportunity from Bob Aiken to meet Bob Snodgrass, which is a a good little story. Yeah. Uh, and from that, got involved with Brumos Porsche and worked there for almost 17 years before making the move uh, recently to Porsche directly here in Atlanta, yeah. working with them at the Experience Center. And I'll, just along the way, doing racing, going up from carts through Skip Barber, through Motorola Cup and Grand Am Cup, and finally Grand Am GT, and then HSR racing along the way as well, uh, with a lot of folks museum cars with Brumos and a chance to co-drive with Chad McQueen. Just a lot of cool people. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a good time. Just from there though I I stayed in sales, did sales management and then finally general manager at Brumos where I was there for almost seventeen years and just met so many great people. Oh yeah. It seems like you know everybody and <laughs> Ray and I met not too long ago through our our uh, love for Porsches in he was kind enough to introduce me to Hurley Haywood, which uh, led to Hurley being on the show and then Patrick Long being on the show. And, of course, I just had McQueen on the show last month. So, uh, yeah, Ray knows everybody when it comes to cool Porsches and stuff. Well, so. like I said, very fortunate to meet meet so many wonderful people. Some names you recognize and others you wouldn't, but wonderful people nonetheless. Absolutely. Well, as we continue on your journey... I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Ray, take the wheel. Well, thanks, Mark. For my mom and dad, they were always so supportive and said, you know, do what you love. They never pressured me to do what, what they wanted or my sister. We were always allowed to follow our passions. And so I, I really, that means a lot. But also my good friend Dave Friedlander, Early on in my working career, he handed me a quote from Theodore Roosevelt that you a lot of people might remember. And, of course, now Cadillac kind of uses it in their advertising. But it's called The Man in the Arena. And it's basically, to paraphrase it, it's not the critic who counts or the one who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. But the credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. Mm. And, of course, it goes on from there. But that's the basic gist of it is just... Go out and, and do your thing. Yeah, yeah, so important. I've heard that from literally every guest, and that's what Cars yeah, is all about, is people who've wrapped their passion for automobiles into their vocation. So uh, it makes a lot of sense for me. It makes a lot of sense for what you've done in your life. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? Could you share a story that instigated your passion for cars? Sure, sure. Well, again, like a lot of your listeners and guests, the passion started early. Turn on the TV and there's a Speed Racer cartoon. <laughs> yeah, the X5. That's right. So that that started off for me. But really, I mentioned the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix in 1986. I really wanted to get closer to the action. And so I, I didn't, there was no internet then. So I just went to the back pages of Road and Track Magazine and went through the car club listing. And I, I wrote them all a letter and said, if you need a story for your magazine or newsletter, let me know. I live in Pittsburgh, and I'd be glad to go. Of course, I was looking for the press pass. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, the Lotus folks were the only ones to reach back out to me. And I was a 16-year-old kid. I I was not a journalist, and I was 
not a photographer, but that didn't matter. Yeah. I was, I was going to figure that out. So again, through there, I had met uh, that weekend. Bob Aiken was running the Lotus 18 Formula Junior for his son, Bobby, uh, who was learning how to race and racecraft and what have you. And so I met them that weekend and they were just so nice to me. I wound up writing the story around them and their family and what they were doing there that weekend. And he just continued to be such a, um, a wonderful friend throughout, mm-hmm. invited us up to Watkins Glen to watch the uh, Coca-Cola 962 race up there. And of course, 86 was the year they had just won the 12 hours at Sebring. Oh, yeah. And that was a, that was a great uh, time for them. And so we had a chance to go to the races and just stayed in touch with them. And again, he's just such an inspiring person. Uh, that hand up that he gave to help me along, that made an impact. And I also feel like that's it's why I'm inspired to encourage others to work in their passion mm-hmm. because I was inspired to do the same thing and helped along with that. And it's one of the things that attracts me to your podcast is that um, – you know, the work that you're doing uh, helps other people want to follow their passion and see that that's really just the key is to just follow what you like to do. And and your guests have shown me that as well. And so kudos to you for the subjects of your podcast and sort of what you aim to do by inspiring others. That really means a lot. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me, too. That's why the podcast was started. That's what it's all about, that mantra here, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, uh, is definitely the key. So thanks for those kind words. Ray, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even better yet, a great failure that you faced along the way. But the real important part of this is how did you overcome it? How did you, or or what did you learn from it? Yeah, well, I I feel real fortunate that I I don't really see anything is a, is a failure and I don't feel like I've really had any major failures, but rather as, as learning experiences. Mm-hmm. And I look back at my early days in the car business, my desire, when I went into it, of course, as a salesman uh, right out of school, I felt at that point in time, I love cars. I should own this place, let alone be a manager. And so I had this burning desire to be a manager. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was new into it and I really didn't know anything about the business at that point, but I was young and impatient. So I wasn't getting it right away, and uh, basically it was a good thing because I worked for good people, and they they understood and recognized that. And so it basically taught me patience over time Mm. and how to just do your job first. And I think through that, I really began to appreciate sort of the German apprentice approach uh, that's out there where you put in your time and you you learn how to do it. So many years later, when I finally was working a few dealerships down the road. I wound up at Brumos. I can remember Bob Snodgrass asking me early on, about a month into my employment there, you know, would I want to be a manager someday? And my honest, genuine reply at that time was, when the time is right, yeah, that might be something neat to do. Had had he asked me that 10 years earlier, I would have been all over that. (laughs) It probably probably would have been the wrong signal to a guy like that who knows better. So I think, think, again, putting in your time, learning your job, and just being patient, it made a big difference for me that eight to 10 years later in my growth. Yeah, it's it's a really important thing. And I I ran a company for many years and had many employees and many of them young. And the impatience so often got in the way of people's ability to learn and progress. They just wanted to to move up just for the sake of moving up, or even right. worse, because they got themselves in debt and they needed a pay raise, <laughs> which always made my eyes roll a little bit. But uh, at any rate, it's a really good message for those folks, and especially young folks out there. But at any point in your career, 
you need to t uh, put in the time. Definitely have to put in the time. It, it takes a lot of work and effort to learn, and there's an awful lot to learn out there. So I appreciate you sharing that great concept. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on and illuminate your way down the road for a new direction, maybe a new idea that you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Yeah, well, you know, I had been following uh, sort of my sales career was moving along as the same time that my my attempt to follow the racing ladder was going along. And I think the the real difference came for me when I decided and the opportunity came to decide, are you going to follow into pro racing, trying to go that direction, or are you going to become a manager and, and take the business part serious? Mm -hmm. And I, again, looking at the Bob Aiken example, who uh, had a similar uh, approach back in his early days, he decided to stop and then become successful in business before getting into racing later in his life. Mm -hmm. And doing very well with it, I might add. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so that example was there. So I think when I made the decision to focus on on business and work with the folks at Brumos the way that I was able to do that, uh, people like Dan Davis and Nancy Toman who put together some wonderful events and, and some wonderful opportunities, I really started to learn that you know I wanted to uh, I wanted to make I, I was in a position to work with people that. I was interested in that I knew that since I was just a Porsche enthusiast like our customers and, and friends were, that it was a real opportunity to make some things happen with some with some great people and, and do some interviews with folks like Vic Elford and Patrick Long at the dealership and mm. Andrew Davis and Lee Keen who were all driving with us. Uh, it was just a great opportunity to, to come up with some neat creative ideas. And even with Porsche directly, where we would um, – try to resurrect an idea that Peter Gregg did back in the 70s where he would have special cars built for himself and then later sell them ah. because of his close working relationship. We decided to see if we could do the same thing, but instead of keep the cars, we would we would sell them. And so we would do a batch of five, and that's where the B-59 program came from. And uh, later, the, uh, the Motorsport Cup cars, the same idea. So... The aha moment, I guess, would to say is just to recognize that you have the same enthusiasm for Porsche and cars that a lot of others do, but just that I was in a position to do something with it, mm. and that, and that would help bring us all together, and and have fun uh, in in that sharing that passion, and I just really wanted more of that. Yeah, yeah, very cool, wonderful opportunities, not only for the projects that you guys worked on, but the spectacular people that you got to be around. That was the really key oh. part of that uh, little bit you shared with us. So it's, it's a blessing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, how about Prada's career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that stands out that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, well, you know, right now, I think actually the stepping away from what I was doing there for almost 17 years uh, with a great company like Brumos and the wonderful people there and finding the next step and going outside that comfort zone and yet following that passion, continuing to do what I said that I was going to do from a young age, and that is to follow what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so looking for that next step and, and that desire to create and work even more with others in the industry and the hobby uh, to continue to do that and see if you can take it to the next level. And so the, here I am now in Atlanta at the Porsche Experience Center uh, and, and at the um, – uh, at the dealership, we were always inspired by the likes of, of Don Yanko and, and Mr. Brundage, 
from Brumos's early days in motion performance, Task Afford, to sort of create these memorable products and experiences for customers. And now at the Experience Center, it's my job. Mm-hmm. And to do this for Porsche and for Porsche people, uh, with Porsche people, is just a, a wonderful opportunity. And I'm just excited about the things that we have ahead of us in uh, creating things that others will enjoy and, and can be a part of. Oh, yeah. Well, that new center is absolutely spectacular. I'm going to get back there to visit you sometime soon. But uh, I can tell from I follow you on Facebook and I can tell (laughs) from your post that, um, yeah, every day is a new fun adventure. You get to meet all sorts of really interesting people. I know, uh, for instance, right now, the time you're recording this, I think we have or you guys have some of Bob Ingram's cars that you brought over. Yeah. And Bob was a guest back in uh, February here on Cars, yeah. His son Cam last year was on the show. His, right, his right. involvement with Road Scholars and the Porsches they buy and sell there. So, uh, yeah, you definitely have uh, found Nirvana fallen into your element. That's for sure. I'm sure a lot of people follow you and go, oh, my gosh, you got like the dream job getting to play with Porsches and, and be with uh, great Porsche people all day. Yeah. So, yeah, very no fortunate. Doubt. Definitely great. Now, let's have a little bit of fun here. Let's talk about your first really special car, and maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. Absolutely. Well, my, my first car was, was a 66 Corvair Coupe. That, oh, uh, cool. That, yeah, my dad uh, found and helped me buy and, and uh, fix up together. That was, that was really special. And I have to, I have to throw into the, the car that I'm, I'm driving every day now in Atlanta city traffic, and it's kind of fitting for my job at the Classic and Delivery Center. But I, I have a '92 911 Turbo with Brumos DNA, and, <laughs> and about a year and a half ago, I, I really wanted a, a Porsche that would represent my um, my love for Brumos and my time with the company. Mm-hmm. And this car was owned by Don Robertson, who was one of the fellows that put together the Brumos driving experience, uh, along with Hurley and Bob Snodgrass, back in the 1980s. Oh wow where they, they would um, teach customers who just bought the Porsches to, to get them familiar with the car so that they could get the most out of it and en- enjoy it and be safe driving it. Mm-hmm. And so Don was a pivotal part of, of that program, and he had this car ever since I got to Brumo. So I, I basically have known this car for almost 17 years uh, when I had the chance to become the next caretaker of it. Nice. And so Don signed under the hood of that car, and so did Hurley. And uh, it's it's got the Brumos tag frame on it and the period correct uh, racing sticker and it's um, yeah. it's not going anywhere and it's even the same color as the uh, supercar the IMSA champion that uh, Hurley won ah cool it's in the collection yeah so that's a really special car and I'm I'm proud to have it I'm looking forward to not having to drive it every day in Atlanta traffic only because I just don't want anything to happen to it we'll yeah. save it for the special mountain drives oh yeah definitely definitely well that's cool I didn't know that heritage I knew the car but I didn't know the heritage about the car so very very cool that's uh what a special vehicle to have especially for where you work that's really neat too <laughs> yeah very nice how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Yeah, you know, I had I had a 96 993. I had that car for a couple of years, and at the same time, I was driving a, a company car. So I had a, a new 911 or whatever to drive, and I just wasn't driving it. And this was sort of before I was in my collecting phase where I, I had allowed it to be okay to own more than one car that I didn't necessarily need. Yeah. And so at that point, I thought, well, I'll just sell it. I don't really need it. And boy, I really wish I had that 993 back because those are such beautiful 911s. I still think that the lines of that car are just outstanding. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of did the same thing with my, my DeLorean that I had, which um, 
came from the guys in Houston, and that car was just absolutely perfect. They had gone through the car and made sure all the electronics and everything worked. But, you know, again, same thing. I really wasn't using it, and that was before mm-hmm. I was in my collecting mindset. And so probably those two cars and, of course, my first car. Who wouldn't want to have their first car back? <laughs> yeah, that that Corvair. Well, yeah, the the 993s, oh, my gosh, they've gotten crazy in their pricing. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that yeah too. that's the other problem with those cars now. Yeah, but spectacular cars. I had a 98 that I really enjoyed. That was a great car that I do wish that I had back. But same thing, I was in driving in a lot of traffic. It just wasn't making sense. I could only have one car at the time, so it went. But wish I could have it back. I mean, if I could tell you, too, the, the reason why those two cars in particular, when they sat in the garage at the same time, to me, the 993 uh, represented sort of my racing side, mm-hmm. and the DeLorean represented my business side, because I was always fascinated by the DeLorean business story, not not the uh, Back to the Future reference, yeah. but just the whole story of, of what John DeLorean tried to accomplish and sort of the people. Uh, recently, there was a show that you did with um, Barry Wells. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, Barry from uh, England who wrote the book about he was the longest serving employee serving yeah. employee during the yeah. Del- and and knew that all the inside scoops it was a mm-hmm. fascinating story that he had and the book that he wrote is just full of things that you've never heard about before no that's absolutely right and there's there's so many great what they really accomplished was quite amazing it's a shame what happened but so from the business side and having followed it from when i was a kid it was great to have that car and then the 993 was the uh, when I finally got a chance to race in Grand Am GT? It was in a 993 RSR, mm. and so for me that was that was the racing side of me and the business side of me in one garage. <laughs> that was quite a garage. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about current projects and what's happening now. I'd love for you to explain to our listeners a little bit more about this new Porsche Center that's been. Uh, built, and I understand they're going to be building one, or they are building one out in Los yeah. Angeles as well. Can you uh, maybe walk our listeners through what goes on there? Why do us Porsche fans, or even any automotive fan, want to go and visit this facility? What are we going to see? What are we going to experience? Well, thank you. The, the Porsche Experience Center, the idea is to have a place where a Porsche enthusiast owner or just a uh, fan can go and be immersed into the brand and to see and experience everything. Now, of course, here in Atlanta, it also happens to be the corporate headquarters. Los Angeles, when that opens uh, later this year, is will not have the headquarters there for the business side. It will be an experience center like we have here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But um, what will be different about L.A. is that that's where Porsche Motorsport will have their headquarters. So you'll see the um, the activities going on there for the North American racing team as well as the customer teams and the um, restoration of the vintage racing cars. Cool. No, not, not street cars, but racing cars. Mm-hmm. Here in Atlanta, what really excites me about what we're working on here is uh, currently the new vehicle delivery program that we're going to have. And basically, it's uh, a no additional charge to the customer or to the dealer. When you order your Porsche from your local dealer, you just check a box that says PEC Atlanta Delivery. And eventually, LA will have a delivery program as well. And your new vehicle will show up at our facility here in Atlanta, and you will either drive in or fly in and meet your new Porsche for the first time. Cool. Go over it with a drive instructor, and then they'll take you out into the track in a similar Porsche. Mm -hmm. Uh, And after an hour and a half of getting to know your new car that way, you'll go up to the fine dining restaurant, have lunch, come down, tour the Heritage Gallery, meet everybody, 
before driving off in your new Porsche to start your new life together. So cool. that's an exciting program that would give me a chance to meet even more great Porsche people. Yeah. So I look forward to that. And then we're also working in the classic workshop where we do work on customer cars. Uh, of course, the definition of Porsche Classic is 10 years old and out of production. Mm-hmm. So that's basically everything up to 996, 986, and now the Carrera GT. Mm. Wow. Yeah, well... It's a fascinating and wonderful idea that Porsche has done. I think it's a long time coming, actually. I Back in 96, I was lucky enough to uh, go to Germany, Stuttgart, with a friend of mine at the time and pick up a car, uh, do the do- driver delivery there. They didn't have a facility, though, for us to drive at, but we did go up and have dinner at the restaurant up there at the top of the uh, – oh, so in cool. the factory, and then we drove off and, you know, spent a couple weeks around Europe driving the new car, but – what you guys are offering is a whole new different experience. I think it's absolutely spectacular. And you have that track there where people can go out on the track, drive the cars in a very safe environment at speed, really get to know them. And for people who've, uh, well, I guess the old cars had some idiosyncrasies that are long gone. The new cars are just so well balanced that they don't play that um, oversteer game like the old cars did. That's right. You have an older, you have an older turbo, 930 or so. Yeah, 87. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So that's, um, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Point and shoot car. You don't want to, you don't want to lift in a corner when you're exceeding this, the uh, cornering speed limits in that car. It'll, uh, it'll wake you up pretty fast. Well, it sounds absolutely spectacular. I think it's great. I'm so happy that you're there having fun. I can't wait to come down to Atlanta. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like uh, definitely worth a trip. Uh, It would be even better if I could order a new car and come deliver you. That would be the way to do it. So (laughs) I'll add that to my list of things to do. Now, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, Ray, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, I wish I would have been like an earlier guest because so many people have said this and it's going to sound, <laughs> it's going to sound routine and you can always guess what I'm going to say, but Porsche, of course, mm-hmm. I, I just love that they're true to form, that they're consistent with what they do. So I'd like to think that I'm a 962, but, um, you know, because of the racer in me, but that's, that's just probably not, uh, <laughs> the reality. So I think it, it makes sense if you add the 962 to the business side of it, then yeah. you probably come up with something like a, a 911 RS or a GT3 RS, uh, that type of thing. I just love what Porsches are all about. I admire that they're a company that does what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, have they ever introduced a concept car that didn't have something to do with production? Yeah. And whether it's the Carrera GT or the 918 Spider, they always follow through on their intentions. They waste nothing, and I just really like that about that. So I, I hope to I hope to try to be as authentic in my life as Porsche has been with their. Uh, their cars, their products, and their their people and process. Yep, very well said. I love it. Well, Ray, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories 
made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Ray, we are back and we're entering the last lap. Now, you've been a racer. You are a racer. You know what that means. The white flag is out. And this is where we put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Absolutely. Let's go. All right. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Run to the front and stay there. That, <laughs> that, that was a quote from uh, the Skip Barber instructor, Barry Waddell. Ah, okay. Very cool. And, and that's just uh, so simple and true. But when you you know from being out on the track, that's basically all you need to do. Absolutely. Skip's been a guest here on the show as well. So, uh, yep, he's smiling right now. Great guy. You, yeah, he is. Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Yeah, I think, again, like we are talking about with the the Porsche idea, the cons- consistency is key, mm-hmm. uh, perseverance, and, you know, that equals making the right habits routine. You have to live, uh, do the right things and, and, and live what you th- are trying to do, you know, yep. be all about that. And so I think I think that consistency and perseverance is uh, – is key for me. Absolutely. And walking the talk, that's the other addition to those yeah, two things. Absolutely. Yeah. How about a resource? Is there one resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you really enjoy? Well, there, there are two actually, and, and actually there's more than two. I could probably <laughs> go on, but uh, the, of course, the PorscheDriving.com website, that's where all the information about the Experience Center, there's a, there's a, a lot of uh, things that you can sign up for. And so whatever stage of driving interest you have. They seem to have a program, whether it's at the Experience Center or at the Sport Driving School in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. There's information at PorscheDriving.com and also Porsche.com. It's it's not the easiest to find, but if you go to Porsche.com and under the service and accessories section, there is a subsection for Porsche Classic. And the the team at Porsche Classic, which is a, is a nice unit in Germany and here in the U.S., has been putting a lot of work into this, and there's an online catalog there of the over 52,000 parts mm-hmm. that they work hard to reproduce and keep keep the cars together and yeah. uh, running. But they also add have added things recently, like the um, historical documents and color books have been scanned into there. Oh, okay. I need to go yeah. back and check it out because I'm familiar with that part of the site. I've gone there to find parts for my mm-hmm. older Porsches, but I wasn't aware of these new additions, so I need to go back. Yeah, they keep adding more and more uh, model information, and there's more coming even for the future. So I'd I'd keep checking back at that one. So I think that's um, that's a really cool uh, website to check out. And then finally, of course, 
your podcast. I think that's a great <laughs> well, thank resource. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. Your check's in the mail, Ray. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you share a book that you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Well, you mentioned you mentioned Bob Ingram and Cam Ingram, and, and I I think the book that they put together, Porsche Unexpected. Oh, yeah, it's fabulous. Isn't it? Discoveries in Collecting. And that book written by Randy Leffingwell and Cam Ingram and Michael Furman, the, not only the quality of the writing, the photography, even the paper and the bindings. Yes. I mean, if that book costs $100 to buy, I promise you it costs at least $300 to make. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I picked up my copy when I was at the, uh, I think it was the first, maybe the second works uh, reunion. And that's where I, actually it was the first one. That's where I met Magnus Walker, who ended mm-hmm. up being my 100th guest and uh i met i had already met cam before so got to see him and uh yeah that book is awesome it really is great stories you learn a lot not only about porsche and its history but how to buy how to sell what to look for it's just a wealth of knowledge and of course i have to say to basically any book that's written by randy leffingwell that mm. he just has a, a wonderful way even when he updates a book of going back and finding someone else who's been involved in a project and going deeper into the story yes. and getting even more information out. And he just has a real knack for doing that. Yeah, Randy's awesome. I've been trying to get him on this show. So, Randy, if you're listening, once again, you're invited. Give me a call. <laughs> I'd got, love to hear that show. I would. Yeah, maybe you can uh, send him an email too for me and, and twist his arm along with uh, Bob said he'd do that for me and a couple other folks. So I'm going to get Randy on here eventually because he's just an awesome author author, writer, and I've got many, many of his books. So fantastic. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources at carsyeah.com slash Ray Schaefer. Ray's last name is S-H-A-F-F-E-R. And there's another great place on the Cars website called Guest Recommended Books. It's under the Resources tab on the landing page for Cars where there's all these books along with the one, this one and the past 450 five guests it's been, I don't know, no, 475 guests wow. that have been wow. on the show. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people I've had the pleasure and the honor of talking with. So uh, check that part of the website out at carjad.com. All right, Ray, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage and you can't buy something expensive and sell it and buy a whole bunch of Porsches, so that little trick's off the table, but don't worry, I'll pay for whatever you'd like today. What would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why? Okay, well, you're going to have to step up for this. One, Uh-oh. These, these have been going up in value, but it's not the monetary value, obviously, that attracts me to it. It's It would be one of Bob Aiken's Coca-Cola 962s. Ooh. Not only is it such a beautiful car, that Coca-Cola paint scheme was just outstanding. Yeah. But um, I can give you the chassis number, you know, either 103 or 113. That'll work. <laughs> Those are beautiful cars. They're out there. Uh, but, you know, the car was special. But, of course, uh, Bob, uh, he's, of course, passed away. But yeah. he was a very special person. And that would mean a lot to have that car. Yeah. Wow. Well, you picked a, a real winner there in many, many ways. Not only Bob, but, of course, the automobile. And uh, those cars were just absolutely spectacular. And to watch those cars race back in the day, oh, my goodness. Just just yeah, wonderful. No so, uh Great choice, my friend. I love it. Ray, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the racetrack in that Porsche 962? Absolutely. Well, I'd have to say the same thing that, that, 
that I've been encouraged to do, and that's do what you love, follow your heart, and when possible, help others. Young, young world, do the same. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, uh, it's made a great life for me, and I'm really enjoying it. And I, I just love to see other people uh, do what they love as well. Perfect. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and the new event center that Porsche has put up? I'm pretty active on Instagram, so at Ray.Schaefer is uh, where you can find me on Instagram, and I usually post up what's going on right there. Of course, the the different activities and things that you can do, again, you can go to PorscheDriving.com mm-hmm. and look at the experience centers under there. But I try to typically, I would say personally it would be Instagram with at Ray.Schaefer, but um, the personal part is also my Porsche part. So, yeah, you can find me there. Yeah, great. You post a lot of great stuff. Uh, every time you post something, I'm like, oh, geez, I want to <laughs> be there. Dang it. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. Absolutely. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Ray's been so kind to share with us today at CarsYeah.com. Just type Ray into the search bar and his show notes page will pop up with quick, easy links. And if you're ever planning on being in the Atlanta era, you have got to check out the new Porsche Center. It's uh, it's absolutely spectacular. Even if you don't own a Porsche, go experience it. You can meet Ray. You can meet all the great people there. Maybe you can get a chance to go out on the track and drive a new Porsche and see what that's like. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience. Ray, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Drive safely and have fun. You bet. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!